This is the Relatable Podcast with Dr. Siobhan, the place where wives are empowered to create happy and loving marriages without making over their husbands. If you are a wife looking to transform your marriage from the inside out, you've come to the right place. Get ready to hear relatable stories, practical advice, and empowering perspectives for how to have a marriage that truly lights you up inside. Now, let's get to the work of Relating Well. Well, hello there. It is Dr. Siobhan here, founder of Relatable. How are you doing? How is your week so far? How was the weekend? What do you have planned for the weekend? All of those questions, depending on when you happen to listen to this podcast episode. Um, Today, I'm talking about something we really need to talk about, uh, and it's restraint. And this concept and this thought has been bumping around in my mind a lot because I have like almost mastered, (laughs) I've almost mastered this concept and it's something I have been very intentional to work on over the past 18 months, honestly, to be, to be, um, transparent about it. And much of the things that we talk about on this podcast are really habits and new ways of thinking and being that will take practice over time. And so I think on most of these episodes, I encourage you to listen like over and over and over again. You really want this information to sink into you and to replace what you've been taught and what you've been brought up to believe and how you've been socialized to be um, in life and in your marriage. And so today we are talking about restraint, um, which I'm coming to this topic specifically from the context of communication. And I think this is a hard thing for us to do as women for a couple of reasons that I'm going to tell you in a minute, but let's think about this concept of restraint. And so when I am referring to this idea, as it relates to communicating with your husband, what I'm really just saying is be quiet, right? And that's not from a disrespectful place. It's not to like shut you up, but I think there's immense value in just quieting yourself down, especially when you're upset. And what I have found in my own marriage as I have begun to master this practice, that in those moments when I feel myself emotionally reacting and even physically reacting to something my husband said or something my husband has done, that in that moment, when I am able to practice restraint, it creates space for a miracle to occur. It creates space for that shift that turns the whole conversation around. And I can think of one time in particular, I had asked my husband a question about something and he kind of blew me off. 
right? He was kind of dismissive and my feelings were hurt, right? Um, I know my feelings were hurt by the thoughts I was thinking. And so I chose to just tune in to my thinking and I chose to just say nothing, to not react out of my emotion and out of the thoughts that were bumping around in my head. And so I took some time to like process the interaction and I just allowed myself to feel what I was feeling and I wasn't compelled at all to say anything back to him, right? You know how you want to talk back and say something back to someone who was sort of rubbed you the wrong way with what they said. And so I didn't. I just let it be and acknowledged for myself, you know, that his response wasn't the best. It wasn't the nicest. It wasn't the most loving. It wasn't the most caring. It wasn't the most tender. And I kind of just took it to God. I was like, God, I'm a little bit hurt by that, but you're going to heal my heart. I'm going to think differently and everything's going to be okay. And I guarantee you not, right? Probably an hour later, my husband came um, and shared an apology. He was like, you know what? That wasn't really nice. And I'm sorry. And I didn't mean to make you feel a certain way, et cetera, et cetera. And so I offer that because a lot of times I feel like we are so quick to respond react, right? Responding is different than reacting. We are very quick to react. And in the space of reacting, we don't allow our husbands the chance to sort of examine themselves and be convicted by God for what they may be doing or saying that is not helpful and not serving our marriage. And so I view restraint as opening the door to a more productive and healthy conversation, which is different than thinking about restraint as being sort of stuffing your feelings and not expressing yourself and just becoming a doormat. So that I do not recommend. But if you can look at restraint as something you want to master for the sake of collecting yourself and getting your thoughts in order and being in tune with what's happening for you versus the reality of the situation, I think you will find it is really a game changer in terms of being able to communicate effectively with your husband. Now, it's not that easy, right? It's not that easy because I believe there are three things that get in your way in being able to practice restraint. The first is wanting your point to be heard, right? Those times when it's hard for you to just snip it and be quiet is when you feel like what you have to say, what you are feeling, what you want to convey is the most important thing that needs to happen in that moment. And that's not always the case. And so holding this belief that he's got to hear what I think, he has to um, understand where I'm coming from, holding on to that belief so tightly as we often do is actually creating a barrier to him actually understanding. Because you are being led by your emotions, you are being led by um, you know, your reaction to the situation instead of consciously responding in a way that he can actually hear you and understand you. So that's number one. The second reason why it's so hard to practice restraint is because 
most of the time when we are talking and having conversation with our husband, it is from this unconscious or conscious sometimes desire to change him. Now we know, right? Like I remember like getting married and everyone giving that advice, like you can never change him. We know that that has been beaten over our head a thousand and one times, but we still want to change him. And so a lot of times our emotional pleas and our need to say what's on our minds and our need to get our point across comes from a place of really just wanting him to be different. We have this very long list of shoulds in terms of what he should be doing, what he should be saying, what he should be thinking, how he should be showing up as a husband. And so we are so attached to the notion of what he should be that we can't even see that our communication is coming from a place of trying to control him and trying to change him. And so it's hard to restrain ourselves because in that moment, we're like, tunnel vision focused on the fact that he should be different. This conversation should be going differently. He should be responding in a way that's different from what he's doing. And then the third reason why it's so, so hard to restrain ourselves is because we believe that by saying what's on our mind, by venting, by having like emotional outpour (laughs) that will feel better. And that may be true in the moment, right? It may be true in the moment, but knowing what I know about the way that men process problems and issues and talking about problems and issues versus the way women process problems and issues and talking about problems and issues is that as a woman, you may feel better because you've let it out. But as a man, he is now burdened with all of your emotional outpouring. And it's a little bit like torture to him. And I know that sounds super dramatic, but that's actually what happens. That for men, when they feel like we are unhappy or we are disapproving or we are unsatisfied with them in some way and we communicate that to them in a way that doesn't demonstrate restraint, he becomes overwhelmed by the trauma of a conversation with us. And so I want you to think about the times when you haven't restrained yourself, the times when you have just said everything that was on your mind, no filter at all. And I want you to imagine what it's like on the other side of that conversation. Imagine what it's like to sit across that table from you and hear the words that are coming out of your mouth. Imagine what it's like to be on that couch with you hearing the things that you were saying, having those things like penetrate your heart and your soul and your spirit and just make you feel awful about who you are. When you have that in mind, right? When you really can look at the impact of not having restraint in your communication, then hopefully you're motivated to do it a little bit differently, And this idea for this particular episode and the concept of restraint came to me. I was driving actually just this week and 
The scripture from the Bible came to my mind. It is 2 Timothy 1 and 7. And I am most familiar with this scripture by the version that talks about, you know, for God did not give us a spirit of fear, but of power of love and a sound mind. And that has been really comforting and necessary to me in a lot of different situations where I have felt fearful. And so knowing that fear is not anything of God, right? It's like the opposite of God. That has been very comforting to me. But I recently came across another version of this um, about a year ago, actually, that really stuck with me because it challenged me, right? And so scripture can both, both comfort you and challenge you and grow you into the next best version of yourself. And so this particular translation, which comes from the English Standard Version, was the one that challenged me and the one that I want to challenge you with as we think about this concept of restraint. And so that version says, for God gave us a spirit, not of fear, but of power, love, and self-control. That was the word that stuck with me. Self-control or self-discipline. And what I know to be the case in talking from so many of you um, who are either looking to hire me as your one-on-one coach or are already working with me as your coach is that we don't like to discipline ourselves in terms of our communication with our husbands. We don't like to think of it being necessary that we need to be disciplined when it comes to anything in our marriage, but certainly not with communicating. And that is because as women, we have been socialized to think that we're good communicators, right? Because we say what's on our minds, we are direct, we are in tune with our emotions, we can communicate our requests, you know, flawlessly. But I want to just introduce the need and the power within you to be disciplined, to be in control of yourself, even in the midst of strong emotions. For God gave us a spirit, not of fear, but of power, love, and self-control. And so when it comes to communication and when it comes to what makes restraint, self-control, self-discipline, what makes it hard is that many times in the heat of the moment, when our emotions are flooding us, it is the emotion coming from a place of fear. It is being fearful of rejection, being fearful of abandonment, being fearful of being wrong, being fearful of not being heard, not being valued, not being acknowledged. And so those are the raw spots within us all, right? Because we all carry with us some fear of rejection or abandonment or not being valued and not being worthy and being wrong and shame. We all carry that to a certain degree. And so whenever you find yourself having a difficult moment restraining yourself in a conversation with your husband, I guarantee you 
you can trace it back to being fearful in one of these areas. And so I want to just raise your consciousness and raise your awareness to the fact of what's happening and then to remind you about what God's word says about it, right? So those fearful emotions, those negative emotions are not of God at all. And in actuality, he has already equipped you with the power, love, self-control to conquer those emotions, And so in the midst of a difficult conversation with your husband, it feels like he is the enemy, right? It feels like he's the one that you have to prove your point to. You have to stand up for yourself. You have to make, understand, and see your point of view. And what I want to encourage you to become aware of is that your husband is not the enemy in that interaction, but that these fearful negative thoughts are the real enemy. And that's where your attention needs to go. What am I thinking? What am I feeling? Why do I feel the need to interrupt him in this conversation, to keep this conversation going longer than it needs to go, right? Why do I have to have this conversation right now? If he has said he needs a minute to think about it or he wants to come back to the conversation later, why am I insisting that we talk about it right now? Is that coming from a place of power, love, and self-control? Or is it coming from a place of fear? I'm pretty sure it's coming from a place of fear. And so today I want to leave you with four questions that you can use as your own personal filter when you think about communicating with your husband, particularly when you are having a difficult conversation and particularly where restraint is necessary. Restraint will be necessary so that you show up as your highest best self. Restraint will be necessary so that you serve your marriage and honor God in your communication. And restraint will be necessary to ensure that you have your husband's best interest at heart as well as your own, right? One of God's greatest commandments to us is that we love our neighbor as ourselves, meaning that any conversation with your husband, you need to not only keep your needs at the forefront of the conversation, but his needs as well, because you were to love him as much as you love yourself. You were to consider him as much as you consider yourself. And when you're truly able to do that, then restraint becomes so much easier. And these four questions become the natural order of things as you have a conversation. And so the first question is, am I leading with love? Am I leading this conversation with love? Am I coming from a place of love? You have to search your heart on that one. In um, a free guide I have on the topic of improving your communication, I ask, like, what is your intention in the conversation? Like, what are you coming to this conversation with? Are you coming with, like, aggravation and frustration? Or are you coming with love? And coming with love means, again, that you're just seeking what's in the best interest of everyone involved. So you have to ask yourself, am I leading with love? Is love the first foot in the door of this conversation? 
The second question is, how can I speak to his heart? Right? And that is really a nod towards connection. Like, how can I connect with him in this conversation? How can we have a heart-to-heart connection in this conversation? And this question was actually inspired by um, a friend of mine, Maggie Reyes, who was also a marriage coach and will actually also be coming out with her own podcast pretty soon. So um, her site is Modern Married. I recommend her work as much as I recommend my own. Um, and she asked this question, like, how can we connect, right? She talks a lot about emotional safety in marriage and part of a conversation, particularly difficult ones, the goal should really be to connect, right? To create a safe environment and passing your communication through the lens of how can I speak to his heart? How can I connect with him is really important. The fourth question is, where do I need to take responsibility? Where do I need to take responsibility here? And a lot of times we cannot practice restraint because our mind is too focused on what our husbands are doing wrong, right? How we feel wronged in the situation, how we feel like he didn't meet our needs or he didn't understand or he didn't show up the way we needed him to show up. And so whenever your goal in communicating is to show the other person themselves and to blame them and to point the finger, it's always going to be hard to restrain yourself because you're never going to have like a, a, um, a limited supply of that, right? Like if you, if I were to ask you, what are all the things you want to be different about your husband? Or what are all the things that you feel like he's doing wrong? You would come up with pages and pages and pages. And so when that is your focus and you have so much evidence to what he is doing wrong, you're going to want to just blurt it out. You want to just keep going and going and digging and showing him and trying to make him see. But when you ask the question, Where do I need to take responsibility? That is an instant call to pause, right? Like, where do I need to take responsibility? Because your mind and your ego is going to want to protect you. And it's going to like say to you like, well, it's not your fault. But I want you to know better. And I want you to be better and do better and to really search your own heart and your own mind for how you're contributing to whatever it is you feel is an issue that you want to have a a conversation about. Okay, so where do I need to take responsibility? Pass your communication through that filter and through that gate and you will find it's much easier to have restraint. And then the fourth question is, what will move us forward? I have always been the type of person, even professionally, to always look at a situation, look at an issue from not only what is going wrong, but like what is the next step to make it better? And this is just my way of being. And I'm grateful that God blessed me with that lens to see the world. But everybody doesn't have that, right? And I want you to think about for yourself, like is that a natural 
way you view things. Like you're only going to bring something to someone's attention when you have a suggestion or an idea or a goal of moving you forward in a productive and healthy way. Or do you find yourself being on the other side where most of the times you're talking and sharing your ideas and sharing issues from a place of just, this is what's going wrong, like you fix it, right? And so you're going to get to a better place in your marriage where you come with your own ideas about how to move forward. But most importantly, when you just come with the intention of figuring it out together, how can we move forward? And so again, these are the components, these are the questions you want to ask yourself. And if you can answer each and every one of them, you will find that practicing restraint is so much easier because your conversation transitions from being you trying to get your point across, you trying to change him, you trying to feel better to a place of power, a place of love, and a place of self-control. And so restraint is just something I want you to just begin to let soak into your mind and soak into your spirit and just, you know, affirm that you can demonstrate restraint in your communication with your husband, even when he's the one coming to you, right? So this conversation has assumed that you're the one going to him with a lot that you want to share. This principle and mastering restraint is equally important when he's the one having like an emotional outpouring and frustration and anger and going off about whatever it is he's complaining to you about. There's power and restraint in that situation too. And I think your response can likewise be passed through these same questions, right? So if he's the one coming to you, not doing any of these things, you still have the choice, right? You still have the choice to utilize them yourself, right? Because if you respond to him with that same negative energy and coming from a place of fear and frustration and annoyance and anger, right? Then you're operating out of a space that God never intended for you to be in. And so you have to turn the tide. You have to shift the energy of that conversation and stand in the power that you already have. Stand in the love that is already who you are and to exercise self-control at the highest level. And I promise you, once that becomes your norm, that then becomes the culture and what is required in your conversations and communications with each other because you have set the tone because you are operating in your full power from a place of love and with self-control. So again, I want you to keep thinking about this concept of restraint, right? I want you to make it like a goal of yours that I am going to demonstrate restraint. It's a very good thing. And a lot of times we're taught not to restrain ourselves, but just like a seatbelt, right? Like a seatbelt is a restraint to protect you. The same concept applies to your marriage. Being able to exercise restraint protects you, protects the emotional safety between you and your husband, and for sure, it honors God. So I hope this has been helpful to you. I would love to know 
what impact it's had on your thinking about your own communication. I would love to know what you are taking away um, from hearing this. So please drop a comment. That is one way I know who's on the other end listening to this podcast. You can also email me at Siobhan at BeRelatable.com. I would love to hear from you. And of course, as I say on every episode, you can also join me in my private group on Facebook, the Empowered Wives Society, and we can keep the conversation going on over there as well. Thank you so much for tuning in. And I look forward to hearing from you about how you've exercised restraint. Don't be a stranger. Reach out to me. Let me know. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I'll be back with you next week. Bye for now. Hey, thanks so much for tuning in. Now I'd love to connect with you more. Join me in my private group on Facebook, the Empowered Wives Society, or sign up for my weekly newsletter at berelatable.com. There you'll find additional resources to help you create the happy and loving marriage you desire. And of course, I can't wait to meet you right back here for the next episode. Until then, make your marriage amazing.